Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. It is so good to be back. Carla and I uh, took a little getaway and just got recharged. Um, we we went hit the went to Linville, hit the Blue Ridge Parkway, and just and and got unplugged. And you have to unplug there because there's no cell service in most of that. Now the one thing we did learn is where you have no cell service, you have no GPS either. So we said, well, we'll just keep driving until we, you know, until we get somewhere. Um, it was a beautiful thing, though, for the phone not to ring, uh, for the text machine not to be pinging. Um, it was a beautiful thing. And so I came back and I said, you know what, I, w- I, want, to, I want to keep this, I want to keep this up. Of course, you know, with my, my job, I can't just always stay unplugged. But um, I, did, I did say, you know what, I'm not going to even turn it on. I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to turn my phone off when I get up at 5.30, and I'm not going to turn it back on until 8.30. Because here's what happens. I don't know if any of you have this happen. Oh, you all, of course, don't have this happen. Um, but for those of us less spiritual, we, we struggle with this sometimes. But I will... When I'm studying and I'm in the Word and I'm, and I'm studying Scripture and, and just digging in and, and, and trying, you know, give me revelation, Lord, of, of the Word, a lot of times I'll take my phone and I will use this and pull up the Bible app. And I will read different translations of that Scripture. And so I would go on there and I would pick it up and I would see a text message that came through. And so, okay, I'm going to read that, I'm going to read that scripture in just a second, but I need to deal with this, this right here. So I will like seeing that text and then I think, well, you know, I better check my email. So I'll check my email and uh, this is a wicked little thing. I mean, <laughs> this is a wicked little booger if you let it get out of hand. So you can, I can sit there and, and intend on spending the next two hours in the presence of the Lord and in his word and before I realize it, uh, 10 minutes in, I got distracted and I got in. Then I read an email that frustrated me. And so it's like, oh, man. And so now I'm all frustrated and, I'm, and my anxiety is starting to like get up, get up in me and on me. And has anybody else been there? And so I am not going to let that happen to me tomorrow. So you get up tomorrow or you go to bed and it's like, okay, there's an issue with a thing. And so now it's like, okay, I got an issue with the thing, but I've got to, I've just got to get my time in with the Lord. So you plan on the next morning. It's like, okay, Lord, you know what? I'm so stressed out. I'm just full of anxiety here. Uh, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to get up and I'm going to just spend some time with you in the morning. And you get up in the morning and that thing that you had that was going on didn't go away. And so the first thing on your mind when you get up is that thing that, that's, that you have to deal with. And so it's like, I can't even spend time with you right now, Lord. I got to deal with this thing. I got to get this out of the way. Then you and I are going to hang out a while. And so then you, you, you go into dealing with the thing and the thing lasts all day long. Am I talking to any fellow strugglers? 
the thing lasts all day long, and so now you're all frustrated and full of anxiety. And so that, that, that was happening to me. And I don't do well like that. Um, I get homesick when, when me and the Lord are not just right on. Does anybody else, you know what I'm talking about, homesick? You get that lonely feeling inside, and it's like something just off. And you know what it is. It's, it's, it's the intimacy is not there. And you can read Scripture and be intimate with the Lord, or you can read Scripture and be full of anxiety. You can pray, and I used to hear people say, you know, prayer changes things, but the, if, if that were to be true, this country would not be in the shape it's in. Because lots of people say they pray. Prayer of faith. The prayer of faith changes things. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. The prayer of faith. It's not just prayer. It's the prayer of faith. And we've got to know who we have our faith in. Does that make sense? So in, in some of you are saying, okay, obviously he didn't study because, you know, he went away and he's not reading the Scripture and he's just up there talking about stuff. You are correct. So I'm just going to stand up here and talk about stuff because <laughs> I unplugged. I thought it was interesting when Nikki started talking about the light. What I want to share with you today is a, I, I don't want, I'm just going to share with you about hearts on fire. Hearts on fire. It is so easy sometimes to live with a heart barely warm. The way we do religion in America lends toward that. Used to, we checked off the boxes, church box, prayer box. A lot of people can't check off the church box right now. And sadly, if you're a box checker, what happens is, is when you can't be in this room, you don't know how to worship. So you listen to the band sing. I know one thing that I, I one thing that I learned. Carla and I were we were on our way out uh, Sunday, and we were listening to the service, and we heard uh, we 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 were able to hear the music before we lost signal. We got just a little bit of uh, of Chris's message, and then you know, boom, we were out. And and one thing that you don't get online that you all get in this room um, is. I was standing over there, and when the band just stepped back to let you sing, it sounded like a mass choir in this room. Did anybody notice that? You, see, you can't hear that online. We just hear the band not singing and hear the music, and the music is awesome, and I praise the Lord for that. But, but I was just struck by, by actually what you hear and feel and sense when you're in this room. And what I pray is that the people, our family, that all of you watching online is that you are learning to worship at home, not just listen to music. Because you can listen to Christian music all day. 
but there's a big difference in that in worship. Hearts on fire. It's easy to be lukewarm. This world makes it easy for us to be lukewarm. But a heart on fire for the Lord, a heart completely set ablaze for Him, by Him, and for Him will change this world. And when I'm talking about a heart on fire, I'm not talking about act, physical activity. I remember, you know, used to preach back in the day. It's, it's so amazing to me that I've been in the ministry for like 37 years. 37 or 38 years just amazes me. And much of it I can't even remember. Um, but I remember the days when they would talk about church services and man, they were on fire. Oh, that preacher was on fire today. And, and this is what they meant when the preacher was on fire. He screamed a lot and he hollered a lot and he sweated a lot and he hacked a lot. And if he did all of that, he was on fire. The fire has to start inside. There can be all kinds of physical activity. People can be screaming and shouting and all kinds of stuff going on, and it may appear to be that there's a fire. But what happens when you get home? How do you treat your wife when you get home? How do you treat your husband when you get home? How do you treat your kids when you get home? How do you treat the people in your life that you're around every day? That's when you know whether your heart is ablaze or not. Because, because when our heart is on fire, our heart is like Jesus. And you can't read Scripture and get through Scripture. You can't read the New Testament, you can't read the Gospels without Jesus constantly getting in your face about the fact that this is this thing is about love. It's about loving people. We talk a lot about loving God. I, I love God. I love God. How do you know? I love God. I, you know, God's, we got to love Him. He's the main one. We've got to love Him. You know what? I think He is much less concerned about your love for Him as He is your love for other people. See, as a daddy, I know my kids love me. I know they do. And I appreciate when they tell me they love me. But you know what blesses me? is when my kids love each other. I don't sit around insecure thinking, oh, I just wonder if they love me. I just don't know if they love me. I wonder if they love me, and I just don't know. I, I, do they love me? I don't know if they love me or not. I, I don't do that. Why? Because I'm confident in their love for me. What I want to see is them loving each other. That, that's what blesses a daddy's heart. And I think that is what blesses God's heart. It's not you telling him all day long you love him while you treat your brothers and sisters badly. 
He wouldn't say it like this, but there may be times he's thinking, just shut up. <laughs> I know you love me, but I want, the, I want that to translate into your, you loving your brothers and sisters. Ah, I don't know. Maybe that was the first message. I don't know what it was. Look with me at Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Just prior to uh, this, this is the, uh, you all have heard the story of the road to Emmaus. And Jesus is about ready to walk with these two guys just prior to this. Three days ago, Jesus died on a cross, put in a tomb. The, the, the Marys go to the, go to the tomb to find out where Jesus is at. He is not there. The angel of the Lord says, what are you doing? I, what are you doing looking for the living among the dead? Jesus, he's alive. They come back and they tell the story to the to the disciples, to the 11 disciples. Of course, one of them's gone. They tell the story to the 11 disciples and then to, uh, there were other people gathered there as well who had been following Jesus. They tell the story. Everybody, nobody really believes it. And so Peter goes, he goes to the tomb himself to kind of, okay, what's going on here? He's, he doesn't see Jesus anywhere. So these two men hear all of this story. And so they begin their journey on the way to Emmaus, and that's where this picks up. Look at verse 13. Now that same day, after all that just happened, that same day, two of them, that was some of the group, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Can you imagine that conversation? Would that have been some conversation? Talking about Jesus, the one that everybody had their hopes in, his crucifixion. Then uh, they go and they can't find him, and so they're going through all this stuff. They were talking with each other about everything that happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Stop there just for a second. They were kept from recognizing him. Jesus steps into the scene, but they don't know it's Jesus in the midst of their despair. God has not allowed them. He has hidden Jesus in this moment or who Jesus is from these people. So here Jesus is right in the midst of these the, the despair that these men are experiencing, Jesus is in the middle of the despair and they don't recognize him. Verse 17, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. Now, think about this just for a second. Jesus is in the midst and they don't know it. I think there are moments in everybody's life when he wants us to trust him by faith. It's not a matter of, I, I need to feel your presence right now, Lord. No, you need to know my presence right now. 
but I need to feel your touch. No, you, didn't, you need to know that I've already touched you. You need to know that I said I'd never leave you or forsake you. But Lord, I know you're a good God, but I, I really need to feel your goodness right now. No, you need to know by faith that I'm a good God. Because when we begin to allow our emotions to control what we believe and how we walk life out, we're going to be in trouble. We can't allow our emotions to make the choices for us. We can't allow our emotions to dictate to us what we believe. If we believe that God is good, then we have to believe that God is good when our circumstances are bad. You can sing all day long and say, God is good, and you can do the little, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. You can do that, but when you get into a terrible circumstance or a negative circumstance, and you point a finger at God and say, you're no longer good, then you never believed it to start with. I'm not telling you the enemy is not going to attack you in the manner to try to convince you that God is not good, but what I'm telling you is what's going on inside of you by faith will overcome. Not telling you you won't get hit with it, but the faith in you of knowing who God is will overcome. Are you, are you tracking with me? Is anybody here? They stood still. Their faces were downcast. It's obvious that that was not during the days of the Kova. <clears throat> Carla and I went into a, uh, a little store while we were in Boone. And I made the mistake of asking this lady, um, <laughs> I made the mistake of asking a lady where a good place to eat in Boone was. Because then she proceeded to tell me, Lord, honey, they've had to close all the restaurants down because of the cova. Every one of them's got the cova. <laughs> and so she started into it. She said, hey, they shut that. There was one down there that had 15. She said, well, they just, there's 15 new cases right here. And I'm wondering, is it 15 new cases or 15 of those people where you go to get checked and then you leave because you don't want to have to wait in line and then you still get a note or a letter in the mail telling you that you tested positive when you really didn't even get tested? I don't know. I'm not saying there's, I know there's a COVID. We've had people uh, that are part of Harvest family that have had COVID. So I know it's a real thing and I know it's a terrible thing, but I don't know how much of her increase was that. But she was letting us know. And she said, now, if you're going to go, she said, don't, the, the COVID, don't go to that side of the town because that's where the COVID is. Okay. The Cova. So I kind of had all I wanted, and so I just kind of, you ever just backed out of a conversation and left your wife standing there in it? <laughs> Love her heart. Carla is such a beautiful person. So I kind of just like was doing this and backed out the door. And, um, and Carla told her, she said, well, we've already, we've been to a couple uh, good restaurants already. And she said, well, honey, you've already been, um, you, uh, you've already been exposed to the COVID then. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to stay up here. Uh, uh, COVID go away. 
obviously I've got, now I've got, I can't even call it by its real name. It is the Cova now. You know, the Walmart and the Cova and I don't know. But we did have our masks on uh, everywhere we went. And so um, we're good. But I just thought it... I just thought it interesting that they stood still, their faces downcast, because nowadays it's, it's hard to tell if anybody's smiling at you. or Now, some of you have that smile. Y'all know, I'm just going to love on you a little bit this morning. Is that okay? Because, you know, just, uh, some of you smile with your eyes. Have you, have you ever seen people like that? You can, you can, you can tell when they smile because they smile with their eyes. I love that because the smile is so genuine and so real that it just takes over your entire face. You're not pasting on a smile, you just smile. Well, these guys were not smiling. They were downcast. Hello. <laughs> they were downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened there in these days? <laughs> they're looking, they're talking to the one who was just crucified and rose from the dead. And they say, Are you the only one in town that don't know about this? I think he does know about this. And uh, Jesus says, What things? I want you to notice something. Uh, I think it's interesting the way the Holy Spirit works and, and the way Jesus works in our life because in verse 17, he asked them, what are you discussing? And then in verse 19, he says, what things? I think, it's, I think the way the Holy Spirit works really often in our life is by asking questions. When he has, when he has an answer that he wants to get to us, he so often doesn't just give the answer. He so often starts it out by asking questions. So he asked two questions here to get to one answer. And he will answer that question. How many of you are asleep? Amen. What things he asked. And, G, and uh, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in the word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. They crucified him. But we had hoped, but we had hoped. That means our hope is gone because the picture we had of how God was going to do what he's going to do to deliver us and set us free is not, is not what happened. And because God didn't do it the way we expected him to do it, our hope is gone. But I want to tell you something. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's causing despair in your life. And he's got a plan to take care of that. Keep on hoping in the Lord. He was a prophet, powerful in word. God and uh, before God and all these people, the chief priests, uh, verse 21. But we had hoped that he was the one. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of the women... Um, some of our women amazed us. They went out to the tomb early in the morning, but they didn't find his body. They came back and they told us that they had seen a vision of angels and, uh, who said that he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was uh, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. They're still stuck in the need to see. 
We walk by faith, not by Thomas got caught up in the same thing. He couldn't believe. He's standing there looking at Jesus and couldn't believe until he touched the scars, the nail prints in his hands. And Jesus said, blessed are you, but you know who the real blessed ones are? It's those who will believe without seeing. If you're going to have a heart on fire for the Lord, if you're going to have a heart set ablaze for Him, you've got to go to the place where you see by faith. Because the other way, your emotions will control your life. Is anybody tracking with me? And when your emotions are controlling your life, you will make bad, unwise decisions. When my emotions control my life, I will make bad, unwise decisions that will affect and impact not only my life, but everybody around me. Does this make sense? We walk by what? Not by? We walk by? Not by? Let's really do that. So then, oh boy, oh, got to move on. Got to move on. Move on, bud. Look at verse 23. But he did, uh, da, da, da. let's go down to verse 25. He said to them, how foolish are you? So he goes from asking two questions, and now he's saying, guys, what's going on? You're thinking, how foolish are you? How slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Do you know what Jesus did not do? Jesus didn't say, let me show you who I am. Let me just perform a miracle here. Jesus took them to the scripture, and he showed himself to them in the scriptures. We can never discount the power of the word of God to reveal to us who Jesus is. But you know what he didn't do? He took them back to Moses and walked them through revealing himself. In the scripture. I heard, I, gr growing up, and I say growing up after I was born spiritually, I heard so many messages preached from the Old Testament putting condemnation on people. Jesus didn't take him back to the Old Testament and start preaching the law. Is anybody with me? Jesus took them back to the Old Testament to reveal himself. And if any kind of teaching comes out of the Old Testament that is not revealing who Jesus is, they're not preaching it the way Jesus did. And everybody said amen. And beginning with Moses, and uh, he, he began to explain them in the scripture, verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued 
on as if he were going far, farther. So here they are, they're walking to the village and, and, and Jesus is on the road. They're about ready to take the exit. And so Jesus appears as if he's gonna keep on going and they look to Jesus and this is so vitally important. They looked at him and they, they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over and he went to stay with them. They urged him strongly. There is a point in your life where you need to say, I'm hanging with Jesus. They, they urged him strongly. They wanted his presence in their life. Now, give you this, they don't know who it is yet. But we're going to find out in a minute that there was something going on that caused them to know more than what they thought they even knew in the moment. Verse 30, when he was at, or Jesus went with them. So verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Can you imagine that? Here they are sitting with this one that they've been walking with all the way, all the way from, you know, for however many miles. They, they, here they are sitting with him, and, and they start to eat. Ladies, learn something from this. If, if, you're, if you're having a hard time getting your husband to see something that you're trying to explain to him, feed him first. I mean, as soon as they ate, their eyes were open. You know, you, does anybody know what I'm saying? Is that, that, was that what it said? <laughs> they broke bread. He gave it to them. Then their eyes were open. And they recognized him. And then he disappeared. I mean, can you imagine sitting there at that table and you're in, in the very moment that you realize who it is that you're sitting in the presence of? Boom. He vanishes. He's gone. It didn't say he got up and left. He disappeared. They ask each other. I love this. Listen to this. They ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he talked with us on the road, and opened the scriptures to us. Were not our hearts burnt? Do you know what they're saying? Listen to me. I'm, I'm almost done. Let's pull it, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up tight. <laughs> now, they're looking back. And they're seeing he was with them all along. And they recognize, not only do they realize that it was him that was with them all along, but now they're saying, you know, it, we just knew something. Inside, inside, in the very inner being, inner, inner, inner man, person of me, there was a burning inside that we were actually walking with him. There was a burning inside when he opened the scriptures and began to reveal, now they know, revealing himself. There was something going on inside. Don't ever let that thing go out. Don't ever let that fire, don't ever let that blaze, don't ever let that light inside of your inner person, don't let it go out. 
Or may I say, don't let it, don't let it wane. Don't let it flicker. Hearts on fire. They spent this walk with the Lord and they sat and they said, our hearts are on fire. We didn't even know why. We didn't even know what was going on. But now they realize because Jesus left their sight, but now their hearts. See, what they realize is we don't have him physically anymore. He's not physically in our presence anymore. But it's the fire that's burning within you. That is his presence now. What are you going through? What are you dealing with? What kind of despair are you facing? Are you going through? You need to know that he is with you. He's with you already. If you look backwards, you're going to see that there's something going on inside. Have you ever heard the Holy Spirit inside of you? That, that, that heart that really is ablaze for the Lord, sometimes that goes down a little bit, but you start to make decisions you know you shouldn't make, and you hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit say, Don't. Don't. What do you do? For those of you that, that did, it's painful, isn't it? And you know what one of the most painful things is? Sometimes it's not even the consequence of the sin. Sometimes it's not even the consequences that we go through, but it's the very fact that, oh my God, I put myself in a place where my heart was not on fire for Him. But it doesn't have to stay that way, right? It doesn't have to stay that way. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you 10 things. <laughs> Chris, I just said that for you. <laughs> Hour and five minutes in. Now we're going to start with 10 things. If you're going to keep your heart ablaze, on fire for the Lord, there are a couple of things. You've got to stop blaming people. Nobody controls that. That's between you and the Lord. But I will tell you, you will start to find that, that fire inside of you starting to go down when you start to blame others for your lack of fire. You can't blame your husband. You can't blame your wife. You can't blame your boss. You can't blame the 12 kids. You can't. God, I would, be, I would just be so in love with you and I would be praying to you all the time and talking to you all the time, but these four kids, they take up all my time. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. And so we blame the kids. If my wife was just more understanding, if she just cared more, if my husband was just more understanding, if he just cared more. See, what I'm telling you is these guys finally came to realize that it's not outward circumstances. 
It's not the outward, outward circumstances that should be what is affecting you, whether you are experiencing a heart ablaze for God or not, but your heart will become a blazing fire inside of you when it comes about a relationship, not your outward circumstances, when it is a walk of faith, not a walk of feeling. When, when you get in the scripture and they got into the scripture, they said, did our hearts not burn when he was, was teaching us the scripture? There, that's where it comes from. Is anybody with me? Is anybody with me? That's where it comes from. Get into your relationship with him and, and stop being offended about everything. Stop blaming everybody and just say, God, this is about me and you. And when you become unoffendable, when you become unoffendable, guess what happens? Suddenly you find that the enemy has less routes into your heart to begin to affect you. When you forgive quickly and easily, you cut off the routes to your heart where he wants to damper what's going on inside of you. Are you tracking with me? Bow your heads with me for a moment. I don't know what struggle you came in with. I don't know what depth of despair that you're experiencing. But here's what I know. The Lord is calling you to walk with Him. He's calling you into a deeper relationship than you have ever known. And it's a faith walk. And if you've never met Him, you've never chose to walk with Him, you can do that today. You can just pray, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and you are a Savior who came to save sinners. And so now I receive you. I receive your forgiveness of all of my sins. I confess that I've sinned against you, and now I receive your forgiveness. I am born again. I have been made whole. I hope you prayed that prayer if you don't know him. And I hope you will take the journey to a heart set on fire for the Lord. In Jesus' name, you can stand. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.